Hello, everyone. You are tuned in to CK Huddle, the podcast that unpacks and simplifies complex money, accounting, and tax topics that impact the bottom line. I'm Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and my co-host is Eric Pierre, CPA. We are practicing CPAs with a knack for translating tax and accounting topics into a language that is easily understood. This podcast is for everyone, working professionals, household managers, retirees, business owners, professional athletes, boomerangs, college students, and yes, you. It's time to increase your money management IQ, so let's huddle up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of CPA Huddle. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Pierre, and I'm wearing my Astros cap to celebrate H-Town going up 2-0 on those Seattle Mariners. Jordan Alvarez hitting the game winning homer again, two straight games. Minute Maid Park going crazy. Uh, I got my other co-host, Ignatius Jackson, out in Phoenix, where he's got his banner of the 2021 Western Conference Championship of the Phoenix Suns. And he is also a season ticket holder who's taking me a game. In fact, Ignatius, hope you take me another game this season. I got to take you. I'm a season ticket holder for the Houston Rockets. Take you to a game this season. So shout out NBA. Preseason's almost over. Regular season starts. Home opener for my Rockets the day after directed IRA Summit in Phoenix. So, man, dude, we got basketball. We got playoff. Major League Baseball playoffs. We got college football. And we got NFL. Man, this is the best time of year. Yeah, a lot going on. A lot going on. Hey, everybody. This is Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA. Tuning in with you for the ones and twos. No. Um, hey, how's everyone doing today? All right. So. Man, you sound like a basketball coach. Ones and twos. Get on the line. <laughs> Friday practice, like, well, let's see how much you want it. Let's run some uh, wind sprints now at the end of a Friday practice, man. God. What are, what are we talking about that's financial related and helpful well, to people's uh, financial future? Uh, make sure you get your gambling bets in before Sunday games. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, if you, uh, set your fantasy football rosters. Um, shout out to Red Zone Network. Now, all seriousness, we're going to talk about year-end planning. You know, we had done the mid-year version, but today is October. At the time of this recording, it's October 14th. So we're at the beginning of the final quarter, and this is where, you know, I'm starting to do year-end planning. In fact, after this, I have to send an email for one of my high network clients. You know, we're already looking at, for him, a conservation easement. We'll get into some of the other things you do. Um, And so... You know, some of my bigger dogs uh, are doing year-end planning, even some of my smaller dogs. And we'll talk about it because whether you're big or small, you should. there are ways for you to lower your tax bill. You know, tax. there are tax strategies that make sense for higher network people, Ignatius, and then there's some that make more sense for the smaller guys. It's uh, That's what's so great, especially if you have a small business. You know, W-2 people are harder unless you're wealthy. But... For, you know, so most of these are going to be more for the small business owner and maybe some of our ultra wealthy listeners um, that are listening. And I'll consider high end ultra for the purpose of this discussion. If you make 500000 or more in W 2 wages, I'll call you ultra wealthy uh, just for simplicity, even though that's not the actual definition. But, you know, we want to be inclusive and then obviously for our business owners. 
regardless of income, there's something for you that we'll be talking about today. I think that's probably the best thing I can say. Would, would that make sense? Yeah, no, that's, that sounds good to me. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I, I want to go to Hawaii for, for Mark's business owners workshop. I kind of feel like I need some time on the beach. Well, I'm going, to Puerto, I'm going to Puerto Rico for a conference shortly, so I'm going to get my beach time there. I'm going for okay. a uh, well, mat, I'm going for why, insurance. Why did you invite me? I did tell you about it, but you never took it seriously. Uh, I've, told, I've, told, I've told you offline about it. Don't think, I don't think you gave me the specifics. I do remember you mentioning okay. it on it. Okay, all right, all right. I don't think you ever gave me the specifics. On I mean, you can so. you can still attend. You can still sign up. It's November third through fifth. Give me the info on it because I, I definitely okay. want to. In fact, uh, I got reached trying out. to figure out um, right it, it, some stuff that I can do during the slow time period of the year. Yeah, and you know it was crazy. You know the hurricane was there. We had to check with the organizers to make sure that the resort wasn't torn up. So I'm probably gonna get there a day early and do a boat. I'm thinking. I can't decide if I'm going to do a boat tour at Culebra Island or if I'm going to do it. I've never been to the Rainforest, so I may do a Rainforest ATV. So I'll probably do that before or after the conference. I got to get that part sorted out. American, Airline, uh, American Airlines changed my flight out of nonstop out of Austin. I to make it connect Miami, so I'm a little ticked about that. So, But anyway, you know, that's small gotcha. stuff to complain about considering what's going on in this world. If that's my biggest problem, I'm blessed. So some queen of LA reminds me about, you know, sometimes I complain about trivial stuff so she's been amazing about that thanks for keeping me in line queen if you're ever listening right. i just gotta say thank you um sounds good man okay so let's talk about year in planning yes year in planning so my first thing i'll mention since i was just talking about it year in planning if you're having a really good year um this might be the time to find some conferences or some events or Something to go to that's in a nice location. Yes. That yes, yes. You, know, you can have some fun while you're also doing some learning. Yes. Um, especially if you're in a professional career like CPAs, mm -hmm. um, enrolled agents, uh, lawyers, yes. doctors. Yes. We all have to do continuing education and keep our licenses current. Mm -hmm. And so there's no rule that says you have to do it at home. So yeah. you can travel and do it as long as it's not international, like super international. You could do the Caribbean. Uh, like the Bahamas or Puerto Rico, uh, U.S. territory, Virgin yeah. Islands, U.S. territory. Yeah. So you can do any of that type of stuff, um, but not like London or Australia. You know, that's a little extreme, aggressive. But uh, but yeah, uh, a lot of great stuff that you can do out there. So something to kind of think about um, and consider yeah. as we approach the end of the year. Also doing your quarterly or year-end board meetings or you know uh, meetings about your business um you can do that with some family or some of your closest business advisors um and pick a nice location that you want to go to for that and make a little trip out of it as well yeah so, i mean but but then remember Ignatius, um the one thing that because there's some there's some cpas that look like us have been gaslighting listeners so i'm gonna just advise you if you're gonna do this kind of stuff um, you have to spend more than half the day in actual business. You cannot, I'm not going to name a CPA, even though I have the clip of the video. Uh, he's telling people you could do an hour meeting in place like Dubai and then write the rest of the trip. You can't do that. Like you have to spend. <laughs> really? 
Uh, I've oh, I've shown God. you that I've shown you that clip before. You know who I'm talking about, but I don't want to. I don't want to name him. You can Google it. It's not slander, but I don't want to get in his crosshairs right now. But you yeah. have to spend. You, so, but you have to spend more than yeah. half the day. Okay, like you know, if you're especially if you're going for something like a board meeting or something like that, absolutely, because you have that choice of where you're going for that. So you got to spend, like Eric said, at least half the day, four hours of the day, at least talking business, talking shop, right? Yeah. But you're going just, let's say you're going because you have to go to, I don't know, you, you ha there's some something you have to do that's physically there. Like, let's say you got a property or something and it only takes you an hour to look at the property. Um, that's okay. Right, because you had to physically go there to do that, to inspect it, to do whatever you need to do. C correct. That, that would be okay. But right, but we're talking going, about. But we're talking about okay. Kind of like a meeting, or right? Something right. Like more that, the, that you can more do the service. We're yeah. talking about more the service yeah. business, like ours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, look, you can fly. Like, for instance, if you're a doctor and you have to fly in to see a patient for a very high end procedure, and you're one of the ten doctors in the country that can do it they can get away with that because there's actual business purpose. But, you know, if me running a CPA firm, uh, now I do have offices, other locations. So I, so actually it's funny. I actually can get away with it probably a little more because I actually have a signed lease in century city. So if I want to hang out in LA, I can work in my office. I have a lease a signed lease. You know, I have a signed lease in Houston. Why, you know, I sit there in Houston that allows me to ride off to going to Houston to go to Rockets games, and then my attorney also sits in Houston. I have a signed lease in San Diego. I can go to San Diego, work there. I actually have a signed lease. I have clients there. Sometimes I see them, sometimes I don't, but I actually have a business purpose. And also, most of the season name, you talk about LA, San Diego, Houston, here. Also, have people work for me in every single town. So, those of you that say, why do I do what I do, why you can't, I actually have, doc I actually have things that protect me. And yeah, maybe it sounds shady, but it's actually legit. Remember, I put real money investing in these towns as well that allow me to do this stuff. So before y'all say, oh, you're cheating. No, I'm not. I actually have an office lease and I do work in those offices on the weekends. You can pull the building records at all these places. So talk with your tax advisor. But if you're going to go to a place where you're normally not, you better be there for more than four hours unless you're especially like you have real estate property, got to inspect, you're a realtor. Uh, cause you know, realtors go across state lines now, um, you know, things like that. You want to talk to real estate professional, uh, uh, tax professional, excuse me. And if necessary, you may want to consult with a tax attorney. If you're really afraid of getting audited, you may want to pay a small fee to consult with them on what the actual letter of the law is on that, because there's actually rules about international trips and staying weekends for real business trips. So some of this gets a little, little murky, but document your purpose. If it's a place you're not normally there, like I am, I don't have to document as much because I have office lease, I have meetings, I have all kinds of things. That's easy for me to show that I have legitimate business. My business is registered in the state of California. Uh, but I always get concerned when I see some of these CPAs and tax pros just say this stuff flippantly without giving nuance for the travel. So my apologies to long diatribe you all, but be please be careful when you're watching um, TikTok, Instagram, 
some of these some of these pros, obviously like Ryan, we've you know we've had on the show, Anna K, she's she's amazing. The stuff she gives out, I watch her content. Um, there's other CPAs. Uh, Grant's pretty good. Um, I think Grant Doherty's in Houston. Uh, so just be mindful of what you watch when it comes to this particular subject. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Um, gotta be careful with those non-professional advisors out there. All right, so let's see. What's the next topic? How about retirement stuff? Mm. So, oh, oh, this is something that I've been seeing happening more and more. So I'm just gonna mention this for people. Okay, there are some phase outs for contributing to an IRA. Yeah. All right, and you want to be careful not to mess this up because if you do then you're going to have to correct it and if you don't identify that you did it wrong before april 15th then you're going to have to miss out on that deduction for 2022 okay or not even a deduction just a contribution if it's just a Roth IRA so here's here's the phase outs all right so if you're for the Roth IRA let's talk about the Roth IRA first if you're single you can contribute to a Roth IRA the full $6,000, which is what's available for 2022, unless you're over 50, in which case you could do 7,000 okay. for 2022. So you can contribute the full 7,000 or 6,000, depending on your age, if your income is below $129,000. Dang it, I can't if do you're it. Single, Dang it, I can't. Or $204,000 if you're married, filing joint. Uh, well, I'm not, okay? I'm not married right now, so I can't. Dang it. If you're, yes, you can still do it, Eric. It's called the backdoor Roth. Oh, all right. So, right. I, I know. So, sorry, Matt and Mark. I do pay attention to you all sometimes. I've let them down. So, if you're, my point is, if you're over that threshold and you wanted to contribute to a Roth IRA, you have to do the backdoor Roth IRA in order to get the full amount into the uh, to the retirement plan for that for 2022 tax year. Okay. Yeah. You cannot do it directly into the Roth IRA. You have to do the backdoor version, which again, as a reminder, is where you contribute to a traditional IRA. It becomes a non-deductible contribution, okay? And you ultimately convert that over to your Roth IRA, all right? So that's what you're trying to do here when you are doing a backdoor Roth, okay? And if you wanna just be on the safe side, you can just go straight to the backdoor Roth, all right? You can contribute it to the traditional IRA and then go ahead and convert it. If you think you're anywhere near this income threshold, um, then just go straight to the backdoor Roth. Be safe. That way you don't have to worry about trying to fix it because fixing it is a pain in the butt. I had probably a good 10 clients this year that had to actually fix the mistake of contributing to a Roth when they weren't eligible. So something that I'll throw out there. Um, now, when in doubt, backdoor it out, baby. <laughs> I like that actually. When in doubt, backdoor it out. You got. You should use that direct IRA conference. Hey, hey, man! I'm dropping some bars today. <laughs> so for traditional IRAs, so if you want to get a deduction for your traditional IRA contribution, there are income limits for that as well. All right, um, and it depends on whether or not you are a participant in an employer plan. Okay, so if you participate in an employer plan then your income limit cannot be any higher than $68,000 if you're single, 
or $109,000 if you're married filing joint if you contribute to a plan at work. Okay, so you, you can't contribute to both a plan at work and um, get benefits from the IRA contribution uh, for the individual side. So something to kind of think about. A lot of people actually miss that component of stuff. Um, it does not matter if you contribute to a, a plan at work for the Roth IRA, by the way. So it doesn't matter if you have a 401k at work or a simple IRA or any of that stuff. You can still do the Roth IRA. Um, as long as your income is below the limit, you can go directly into it. If it's over the limit, you've got to do the backdoor. Okay. Um, now, if you don't participate in any employer plans, all right, um, but you're married to a participant, right, then your income limit is 204000 So if your married filing joint is over 204000 then you, get, you start to phase out and you don't want to take that kind of risk there. So fully deductible if neither spouse is a participant in the plan though. So your income doesn't matter if neither spouse has a retirement plan at work, you can do the full amount and get a full deduction on that traditional IRA contribution. Something I don't think we really kind of dug into in detail before, but I wanted to kind of just explain that. As we approach the end of the year, it's a good time to start thinking about this stuff. Um, you have technically until April 15th to make the contribution, but if you think if you're just going to put it into the stock market, you got to think about where we are right now with the stock market. We're at pretty bad lows. Uh, it could actually go even further down. So it might be a good time to throw some money into the market because eventually it's going to go back up and yeah. benefit from those profits. Um, bar bar bargain shopping, baby. Bargain shopping. So, all right. Well, there we go. So that's retirement plans. Um, well, at least for IRA type plans, right? For business retirement plans, for the 401k, I'll throw this out there. The maximum employee contribution for 2022, it's going to be $20,500. Okay. Um, for a SEP IRA, the maximum contribution is 25% of your W-2 income if you're an S corporation or C corporation. Otherwise, it's going to be 20% of your net profit uh, if you're a partnership or a sole proprietorship. Okay. Okay. Um, simple IRAs. The maximum contribution is fourteen thousand for twenty twenty two for this year. And there is a catch up contribution for four one ks of sixty five hundred dollars if you're over age fifty, or I should say fifty or older. So, anything else about retirement stuff? Oh yes, one more thing. I just got one more. Thing. Oh 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 oh. Uh, be sure if you have a 401k, let's say you have a 401k, it's just you that participates in it, uh, which is usually called a solo 401k, um, and you're an S corporation or a C corporation, make sure, I don't know why you be C corporation, but I'm just being thorough here. Make sure that on your W-2 at the end of the year, you have your employee contributions on the W-2, because if they're not on there, then you have to do an amended W-2, or uh, potentially if you can even do that or you're, you're gonna, yeah you're gonna lose out on the deduction so just something i'll throw out there as well so very important to make sure your w-2s are correct um by the end of this year and there's another thing that me is very important on the w-2 that we'll touch on in another topic here but I'll, I'll give eric a chance to chime in with the topic he wants to talk about for year-end planning Ooh, ooh, should i do it should i do it yeah Let's talk about cars for a second, because I love Ooh, cars. 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 
vehicles, sleds, whips. I don't know what else to call these things, man. There's so many names for them. Some of them probably shouldn't stay on the air. But for a couple of things, this year's the last year. If you're going to buy a vehicle for your business, uh, and I'm going to clarify this because I hear this. Uh, well, I'm going to say in the air, there's a lot of bull out there about cars. Okay. I'm tired of bull on TikTok with a bunch of uh, unqualified charging $500 an hour to lie to you and then they won't stand by their advice. So I actually will name you, but then you're going to send a bull demand letter and then I'm going to pull down video footage, show the IRS code and encounter sue you and put you out of business. Now we can do that war and I will win because I got the bread to do that. Y'all don't have the bread that you say you, you lie to people because I know how to find out what you have. You don't have the that you say you do. So shut the up. You don't have it. Number two, again, when you buy a vehicle and use it for business, it has to be business usage. If you only use a 10% of business, you cannot write 100% off. I don't care what these people tell you on TikTok. Most of these people are not real CPAs. Most of the people, these people live in their mother's basement and pretend they have a big office. They use a co-working space. I send them one, but I actually pay for a real office with a beautiful view of downtown Austin. Yes, God Almighty blessed me to be here because you know my story. I didn't have all this five years ago. I actually worked for it, but God gave me the ability to get it done. Okay. Now, I'm not saying CPAs work from home aren't great because, you know, look, we know some they are great. But, the, but these, these, these on TikTok, I'm tired of these people embarrassing the profession, making us look like we don't know what we're talking about, telling you to buy a G-Wagon that you, you can't even use for the business, or you're stupid enough to buy an expensive car that you can't afford because it's a tax write-off. But then what good is it to get a tax write-off and then it's repossessed six months later? And then guess what? Here's the other thing about that. Yeah, you get to write the car off, but then if it's recaptured, you have to do asset disposal and it's let's say you buy a g-wagon because these things going eighty thousand above market so g-wagon is what 130 150 so you pay 220 you make a couple car payments it's down to zero depreciation wise but then when it's um taken away from you because you're such a dumb you have a taxable gain at hundred seventy thousand dollars how stupid are you preach okay i, I i'm just I, I i i just have to ask you that question how stupid are you to follow someone because if someone's gonna give you that advice and you're gonna pay for it you need to make sure before you spend money that if i follow your advice we defend it because the answer is no you need to walk that back and not give me your money okay these guys are scamming you gaslighting you and they're probably getting paid by some of these car dealers to tell you this <laughs> and you guys fall for the okie doke every time and then you hey. complain on Twitter. Da, 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 da. I'm tired of your complaints. Wait, Spend real money. There are real CPAs that will charge you more, but actually will defend you for these things. Hire them. You get what you pay for. Okay. And if you're offended, then you know what? You're not meant to listen to the show, but that's on you. You don't check the certifications, check the real experience these people have. You know, oh, I helped this rapper I never heard of. That makes me, makes him a high net worth individual. Are you kidding me? If you hire me, one of high net worth individuals, I got at least three references of people with real cake that will gladly talk to you on the phone and tell you what I've done for them. And there's others that do that as well. It's not just me. I'm not the only game in town. Not every, I'm not meant for everyone because I talk to talk to real to play for some of you. 
But I'm getting tired of y'all trying to tell me you want me to do work for dirt cheap because some idiot on TikTok says something, but I'm not willing to compromise my license for you. How stupid are you? All right. So there you go. That's the truth about vehicle deductions right there. Uh, we're going to let Eric get his blood pressure back under control because <laughs> he was on one right there. He was on one. I like it though. I like it. So, and I agree with you 100%. I mean, one of these times, we really do need to do an episode where we play some bad tax tip ticks. I mean, it's public information, so I don't think there's anything wrong with us playing that when they posted it themselves, right? So, I think we should play, yeah. do a video or do a. Actually, we probably should make it a video podcast episode where we are looking at these videos, TikTok videos, Instagram videos, Twitter videos, videos, Twitter videos, Twitter posts, just absolutely out of control. And then we should talk about each one. I think that'd be a really good episode. I think people would actually like it. I, I think it will. And uh, I know my turn to be ready and my turn to be ready to knock these out of the park. They want to send me a letter, say you're wrong, but you yep. can't back up why I'm saying you're wrong when I can. I would love that because you know, Ignatius, this might, this might make us uh, probably a quarter million dollars yeah. if they want to come at us. So unless, unless you give me a tax code section that says you could do something, I don't believe it. That's all I've got to say. And most of these people don't even know what the tax code sections say. So No, they just say whatever just to get. I mean, these are, I mean, I see financial advisors, okay, financial advisors, and then they think they're slick because they give this little little disclaimer, like, this is not actual tax advice, I don't know, you need to talk to a tax professional, and then they pretend like, but then they give fake tax advice, but then they give a disclaimer, when, le look, legally, there's that disclaimer, but you're actually using it illegally, but, you know, we have, we have people right now, we, unfortunately, we have police officers investigating stupid crimes instead of investigating these things. These are easy for them to get a lot of money. Um, but, you know, that's a whole nother day. But I'm just saying, if you want to use the police, you should use them for this stuff. This is easy stuff for cops to actually arrest people on. Really easy. Really, really, really easy. It, it's a shame because some of these people should be in jail for what they do. But yet, but yet I got people on tax Twitter, bunch of people tied up in their panties accusing me of committing circular 230 violations but yet they, they say nothing to their buddies they're posting illegal on twitter so yeah i'm talking about something i'm not gonna name who y'all are because then y'all gonna get mad and offended and dm me and threaten me and threaten my family it's not worth it because you know look you know just it's just not but i know who you are I know you listen. You, you pretend you don't listen, but you listen because you somehow seem to talk to Ignatius and I and say certain comments that tells me you've listened to the show. And we appreciate you listening, by the way. You know, and I don't care for your praise. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a shame how our our industry has gotten so sketch when it's supposed to be a thing of honor and respect and integrity. Agree, agree. All right, so let's go to some other year end stuff. So. Um, a couple other items that you can do before the end of the year, but you also have until April 15th, technically do some of these. So health savings account contributions. If you have a health savings account, eligible health plan, a high deductible health plan, and you have an HSA account, you can contribute up to $7,300 for a family plan this year or $3,650 for a, um, individual plan. Okay, um, so you get 
one or both of those depending on if you have dependents um, or if you're married okay so that's a, another great um, deduction there and the great thing about that is it's a deduction on the way in and it's also tax-free on the way out so it's pretty cool Yep, right. I remember Mark always uh, Mark Cole always says that and um, yep. you know we've talked about episodes you, you know one of the things that you can do with HSA even for medical expenses you don't have to withdraw it right then and then you got to keep your receipts and you can draw all that money out like your retirement I've heard stories of people drawing out you know half a million three quarter million because you can grow it in investment accounts you yep. can also use it to invest in real estate and even like mark who's it's just funny he invests in livestock i think his livestock's tripled in value you know it's just it's just fun it's, it's just like that thing that thing is so underused man it is it really is. It is um all right so let's talk about your standard deduction and then we'll talk about some itemized deductions right so your standard deduction for 2022 is going to be 12,950 if you're an individual. Okay. It's going to be 18,800 if you are head of household. And it's going to be okay. 25,900 if you're married filing joint. Okay? So, unless you have itemized deductions, this is one of the most commonly misunderstood fact bosses of the tax code. I don't know why. If unless you have itemized deductions that exceed those standard deduction amounts you will not get any benefit from your itemized deductions mm. itemized deductions include medical expenses that are above seven and a half percent of your agi or adjusted gross income yep. it includes uh, item, uh, charitable contributions up to 60 percent of your uh tax cash contribute 60 percent cash yep cash contributions okay it includes mortgage interest on your principal residence, okay? The mm -hmm. house you live in, right? Mm -hmm. yep. It includes, um, I'm forgetting, taxes. It's called state and local income taxes, yep. okay? Which can be one a couple different things. It could be your state income taxes and property taxes, or it could be sales taxes. Yep. So you have a couple different options there to go with, but essentially you, you, you'd have to add up all those items and unless all that adds up above those thresholds we just talked about, you're not going to receive any benefit from it. All right. That was one of the changes that was made back in 2017 uh, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is they inc they basically doubled the standard deduction up to where most people do not itemize anymore. Okay. Um, now, if you get one of these new loans right now, when the interest rates are so high, you probably will get above <laughs> that $25,000 mark. Uh, in, in mortgage interest alone because <laughs> home values are so high and the interest rates are so high that you're probably going to get above that threshold every year. Um, mm -hmm. But if you got one of the low interest rate loans, like you refinance last year or the year before when rates were super low, chances are you're probably not going to be getting above that standard deduction very much. Okay. So something else that I wanted to kind of throw out there because I do, I, I feel, I find myself explaining that to probably half of my clients every year. Um, they just don't, for some reason, um, grasp that concept. So anywho, I thought that was something I'd throw out there. And also keep in mind your standard deduction at your state level. Okay, not all states conformed to the federal standard deduction. Like ca California. Okay, California is notorious for that. So, um, here's, you know, here's a list of states that do conform or in some cases have a higher standard deduction, Arizona, 
Colorado, Connecticut, District of Columbia, Idaho, Maine, Missouri, New Mexico, North Dakota, South Carolina, and that's it. Those are the only states that either have conformed to the federal standard deduction or have a higher standard deduction than the federal. Okay, so if you're in a state other than those, all right, then your standard deduction in that state is a lot lower usually than the federal amount. So you could be paying taxes on more of your income than what you realize. But at the same time, your itemized deductions in that state might get you above the state amount. So it's still important to keep track of it if you live in a state that does not conform to the federal thresholds, right? But other than that, yeah, so something I throw out there, okay? All right. Any other? You got another topic you want to touch on? Um, Hopefully, this won't be as heated as the last one. Because I know, man. We're we're going to get a G rating on this episode. We're trying to keep a G rating. Oh, man. I'm already (laughs) past that. I've been rated R. Uh, Oh, so I know you don't necessarily like. Well, actually, you know what? Since you know, real estate guy, you'll appreciate this cost segregation. Something that you should, you know, assuming you own properties, you can still commission a cost segregation study to get deductions this year. The study will, will probably not be done till next year, but you know, I I personally recommend if you have properties five hundred thousand or more, that's where we bring in the company to do it. And we've told you cost segregation is basically accelerated depreciation, where they take a piece of property like those of you that are watching the video let's say this is a property kind of looks like a skinny mcmansion that's here in austin this uh box water is better so hey also environmentally friendly apparently so let's say this is a mcmansion right you invest in a real estate property let's say it's a triplex and this is worth like 1.5 million with the right study you know you might be able to get two three hundred thousand dollars depreciation year one with the accelerated stuff, bonus depreciation. That's not the time to talk about all that, but let's say you get 300,000 here, you qualify as a real estate professional, that offsets your ordinary income. And you wanna hire the right cost set company because for instance, California's trying to audit my client again, my client that used to live by the man we call the, the Black Bomba, uh, rest in power. That client's been audited once we passed and they're trying to do it again so FTB, you can suck it because you're not supposed to audit the same thing twice. Um, and, you know, the, the, the engineer That's California report, for you and you want to move there. I, yeah, but at least I know how to beat them. I've beaten them before. I'm undefeated against them. I don't take else from those guys. They're not as smart as they think they are. And I don't care if an FTB agent heard that because it's true. Um, the IRS criminal agents, I've had to meet with them. Those guys are smart. Don't f- with those people ever. Uh, I had to talk to him because I had a client that did some crimes I can't discuss, even though the IRS said I could actually talk about it openly. I'm just not going to. And uh, those guys are really sophisticated. Uh, client of mine did some things. Uh, I'm not going to say details other than let's just say that they try to be the Gus Fring of 
their community. We'll leave it like that. Well, yeah. Once once it's in the court system, it's public information. So that's part. Yeah, yeah but they, that they haven't been tried. They haven't been tried yet. But once they're oh, they're okay, gotcha. Yeah. But once they're taking the court, then I can share you the court case. And I'm I'm praying yeah. I'm not having to go in front of a grand jury to talk about it. Yeah. But but yeah, you can do that, and uh, that's another. Yeah. That's a valid strategy. Um, I will say this. I'm going to give a caveat. If those of you that try to save your little money think you're slick to use software for properties under that much, um, you better make sure that software you're using will provide you audit support should the IRS or state decide to take a look at your accelerated depreciation. Or... If you try to hire a CPA that sells like, oh, I only charge two thousand dollars to cost sake for a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, it's not a good idea. Because I can do the analysis, show you that the money you spent is being wasted, and then the and then the CPA, not knowing what's what, unless he happens to be an engineer. Now there are CPAs that, that do have an engineering background that can do that. I do know some people like a Fraser and Dieter. It's a good firm in Atlanta. They have those kind of people, but it's very rare. So unless they have that background. You better not mess around and do that because uh, it's going to get ugly. And the IRS is smart enough to figure out that somebody scammed them because they, you have to remember there's rates and all that that get going to that. And if you go cheap, you'll pay a lot more when the IRS is done auditing you. So thought I'd say that because there's CPAs that do that, charge extra three, $5,000 and then they, have you signed up some disclaimer bullcrap and they stolen your money and they're not going to help you and you're the fool for doing that. Yep. That's a good, that's a good one though. A good year end reminder. Um, if you acquired any real estate this year, look at doing some, a cost segregation study. Now you do have until you file your tax returns essentially to do it. And technically you can do it even after you file your tax return by doing what's called a 481A adjustment in a um, future year. So technically, if you acquired the property this year, you could technically go ahead and do it in next year and do like a catch-up adjustment, essentially. So something else to yeah. kind of throw out there. And the, the interesting thing is, throw a little nugget out there um, that not many people realize. But, uh, you know, if you... So let's say right now... So this year is 100% bonus appreciation. So let's say you didn't do your... You, you filed your return for 2022 and you didn't do the cost egg and it's after the period where you can amend it and, and go ahead and recognize it without having to do a 481A adjustment. So you go ahead and just do it for, let's say, 2023 or 2024. Technically, you can still get the 100% bonus appreciation because this is the year that it was placed into service. Um, similarly, back when they changed the law to 100% bonus appreciation, if it was placed into service before the tax law change, you did not get 100% bonus depreciation, even if right. you did a 481A adjustment after the tax law had changed. So it, it cuts both ways in that regard. So pretty cool. Consult so, with your tax advisor and a proper cost set company because the, yeah. uh, the cost set companies, the, uh, the good ones, they know these rules. And some of them, like yeah. the company I work with, they're based in Baton Rouge CSSI. They also have their own in-house CPAs that know these rules backward and forwards. That's why you want to pick a good one. I recommend CSSI. Ignatius, I'm sure you have some people you work with that have similar setup. Picking the right company is important because these experts, you pay a little more, but they have the experts that will defend yeah. you should there be a problem. 
So the funny thing is, during our, my presentation during a real estate tax summit, Anna Kay, who was up there on the stage with me, apparently had a client who got a cost seg done for $1,600 by a company. I can't remember who it was. And I was like, that seems really low. Um, but uh, it was a legitimate company that does a lot of cost SIGs. So, I mean, they had engineers and stuff like that. So um, I'm going to have to actually, so right now I do use CSSI for most of my clients, but okay. um, I'm going to have to look at this other company. I, I got to ask her. To I, I don't know. My, my only concern is that CSSI actually has in-house CPAs to do the yeah. other stuff. Yeah. You know, but, but I, also have, I, have, I also have clients that have higher end properties. So that savings they ain't gonna move the needle for them. Uh, shout out to Anna Carey, by the way, who said your name twice. I guess we're fans of hers. Uh, she's like this this little. We should have her on the podcast sometime. Yeah, we should actually. That'd be a good episode. No, no, no. Yeah. She's she's got some funny content, and you know she's you know impeccably dressed. You know she uh, she uplifts the uh, industry. So, so yeah, so yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'll, I'll use them or not, but I'm definitely going to at least explore it. And like you said, just get an understanding of who's on the team, what they're doing, all that kind of stuff and kind of go from there. So, yeah, because they may specialize in va uh, properties less than 500,000 and that's okay if it's legit because that yeah. kind of price tells me that the property is worth about 300,000. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's what that tells me. So, all right. So what else? Let's see. We talked about retirement. We talked about health savings accounts. We talked about vehicles, um, itemized deductions. Um, by the way, just just to be clear, on the itemized deductions, people, it does have to be paid by the end of the year. That's one that you cannot do by April fifteenth. It has to be done before twelve thirty one. Same thing with vehicles. You have to buy the vehicle before twelve thirty one. Um, you can have it, you can have a loan, but you have to at least have a legal document that says you own that vehicle as of 2021 uh, in order to, to do that, yeah. those strategies. Okay. So there's some strategies that you have to do before the end of the year. Um, but you have, you know, time to figure out the accounting and all that kind of stuff after the year ends. And there's some transactions where you can actually enter into the transaction after the end of the year and still credit it towards the current tax year so you just have to know kind of what's what in that regard all right yeah so i don't know um i think those are some of the big things to think about and consider anything else you can think of that we're missing uh whew. i mean there's some other ones but some a little more complicated i care to get into right now i mean you could do some of the insurance strategies such as you know captive um, which I spoke about counting web. It is a listed transaction. There's also a company called Madison Insurance. That's who's hosting the conference in Puerto Rico. They're a considered captive alternative. Now, they if you do that with Madison, which I need to email an introduction with a client of mine and them, you don't have as many disclosures to do because they secured a private letter ruling the IRS that did not require you to do that. Now, if you do that, the caveat is whether you do captive or the cap all captive alternative, um, you, it has to be documented and presented as a risk business risk mitigation strategy 
You cannot have it documented, even though you can get right off up to 2.3 million as a tax strategy because the IRS will knock that down. You actually have to have legitimate business risks. You know, so for instance, you know, Natius, you and I are quasi-public figures. I've actually been stopped in the street of valet before I call myself a D-list celebrity. I've had another CPA say to recognize me. <laughs> I know, right? I wasn't asked if I was a basketball player. <laughs> They're like, hey, I've seen you on this stuff. Um, so reputational damage, that's not covering my E&O. You can get that as a risk because, you know, I have you know so many followers on Twitter, so many followers on Instagram, and somebody could try to sue me for a few hundred thousand dollars for something I say. Um, so that's the kind of risk you can have covered. That's not your PNC or E&O. Um, you know, also, you know, you know, during the pandemic, there are people that had these policies that had, you know, loss of business that wasn't covered at E&O and they were able to recapture a lot of money. So talk to the tax professional about that, but you can legitimately sock away money in one of these policies. And if you don't use it, you can return, get your, you get the deduction in the front end. You can return contribution and the growth in the asset. That's what you pay the tax on. So it's kind, it's kind of like a HSA, but it's to cover business risk. Uh, except you know the, your investors, so, so it's kind of like a Roth that the money you put in, you get back tax free on the exit strategy, and then the growth is what you pay capital gains taxes on. That's the best way for me to say at a high level. There's a lot more to it, but I don't want to put our audience to sleep. All right, there you go. All right, so well, thanks everybody for tuning in today. Uh, this has been a, another episode of the CPA Huddle podcast. Don't forget to check out our website at cpahuddle.com. Um, go ahead and follow us on our social media pages, all that great stuff. Um, you can see links to all that stuff on the cpahuddle.com website. Um, and uh, feel free to leave us a voicemail or a message uh, with your questions, um, comments, concerns, all that great stuff. And we will gladly share those on the air as well as um, discuss them. Uh, as long as they're, you know, respectful and um, good, good points that we want to kind of cover. So, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thanks everybody for tuning in um, and hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace. Thanks for listening to CP Huddle. Add us to your listening rotation by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Follow CP Huddle across all social media platforms. And for more information about the services provided by our firms, check us out at www.iljcpa.com or www.pierreaccounting.com. We will be back to huddle up soon.